Ball in the middle of the field and Picton will hand it off to Borsa. 25, 20, Borsa to the 15, to the 10, to the house! Touchdown, Kyle Borsa! His first touchdown in Ram Colors! Growing the Game with Ballsy is a podcast dedicated to growing the game of football in Saskatchewan. Each week, Michael Ball will talk with rider guests, but he'll also highlight amateur athletes, coaches, and builders in this province growing the game we love. Now, here's Ballsy. Growing the Game with Ballsy is brought to you by Pizza Huts in Saskatchewan, Mark Greshner Photography, Paul Waldo at Royal LePage in Regina, Sass Selects Football, operating out of the Yar Center in Moose Jaw, Riviera Ag Seeds in Radville, Face First Medical Aesthetics in Regina, Doubles at Ag Sales in Weyburn. Thanks to these great sponsors that support this podcast as we all do our best to help sustain and grow the sport during a very challenging time. Up first, we'll hear from Rams head coach Mark McConkey about the state of the team in this really long offseason and about the Rams virtual fundraising breakfast coming up here in March. All right, today, Mark. I'm doing well. How about you? I, I'm doing okay. I'm sick of this long off season. How about you? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty sick. What do you what have you been uh, doing, spending your time here uh, productively, both as a, as a dad and as a football coach, a dad to 90 other guys? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely been interesting, and um, it's it's been a different off season, that's for sure. But we're uh, finding ways to keep busy, whether it's doing extra film and extra film projects. Uh, recruiting has been interesting. We're evaluating uh, some kids' grade nine and ten tape uh, for some of the kids that are coming up in this 2022 class. Uh, handwriting them letters, doing all those things. So it's been it's been interesting for sure. Uh, it seems like we have regular weekly meetings about what we can potentially do next week, and then. That gets kibosh, and then we keep going. And I uh, had a bit of a breakthrough a little bit this week, so we're hoping for uh, um, a nice spring where we can actually get back to training in groups of like ten, and then slowly build that number up to hopefully have some football next fall. So that was uh, that was the breakthrough. You can uh, have your training groups a bit bigger now. Uh, we got to we're allowed to do one on one with uh, like nineteen year olds. Essentially, is what's going to be happening next week, which is it seems it seems crazy, but I mean, doing one on one is better than doing nothing, right? So. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's been interesting, but we're just trying to uh, work with the things that are in our control, and this is like an SHA rule, and again, we're just controlling what we can control, trying to keep our guys engaged and having regular leadership meetings. They're in virtual groups. Uh, Coach Anderson's checking in with them weekly academically, and yeah, it's uh, it's been interesting to say the least. Yeah, what's it like for them not being able to uh, do anything football-wise, like in terms of regular stuff? Uh, how's that to wait in there, uh, them mentally? It's been tough, to be honest. Um, I know we've had probably 10-plus players reach out to either myself, Coach Anderson, Coach Gray, and just say, hey, I'm, I'm struggling mentally. Like, are we okay to talk? And sometimes they just want someone to talk to. Uh, some guys have asked to, to speak to a professional, which has been great. Um, but, yeah, it's, I can't imagine. And even for myself, like, we all, we're all creatures of habit. We all like routine, especially in football. And, uh, and at the end of the day, these players, they – they love being on campus. They love being in the Rams locker room. They love the structure. I know it's a grind getting up at 6 a.m. working out, but uh, I, I'll tell you what, a lot of these guys won't be taking that for granted uh, come next winter, that's for sure. It's part of the family feel that helps you get through these tough things. I can't imagine if you were in a single sport like boxing or you know, track and field athlete or something that didn't you didn't have 50, 60, 70 people around. You know what I mean? Absolutely, and that's I really leaned on our uh, positional leaders, our captains, to – um, kind of lead their virtual groups through a few exercises to to reach out to some of the new guys on the team because we've got guys 
who are in their first year who don't really know what it means to be a Ram. They don't understand uh, being on campus, hanging on the locker room in between classes, going to work out, doing film, doing all those things. They haven't had to experience that. So I feel terrible for them. I'm, I'm preaching to them to hang on, and it, it is going to get better. We're almost there, uh, but it's, it's, it's been tough, to be honest. How, what do you do? How do you look after yourself? People come to you to talk. Who do you go talk to? Yeah, that's why I got married. She's uh, she <laughs> she listens to me. I complain a lot, and she usually kind of straightens me up. And uh, yeah, that's she's my go-to for sure. And again, I've got great coaches on staff like Coach Stusick, Mason. There's been got lots of experienced coaches on our staff that I can always lean on and uh, go to for advice during these uh, tough times. Mark, uh, tough is a good way to put it. Tough on the kids who don't have that uh, all-important grade 12 tape or not enough of it, uh, even grade 11 tape, so you're going back to their grade 9 and 10 films. So it's tough on the kids. Tough on you guys, too, because recruiting young athletes is one of the it's one of the big wild cards in a normal setting. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's, it just looks a little different this year. We're, but one positive thing is uh, it's definitely going to make us a better recruiting program moving forward, just the way we're able to use, utilize technology, Zoom, and we're talking to these players more. We're getting to know them more personally. Instead of just bringing them and their parents in for a dinner or a visit here and there, we're actually kind of spreading out and strategically uh, placing phone calls. Like We've got a very strategic timeline of how we're going to recruit for this year. And, and so far it's been good. Again, it's a little slow, and some of the kids are getting a little antsy. They're all like, well, do I have an offer? Do I not? And Again, it's all it's just, it just looks a little different this year, but I still think we're going to have a, a strong and a top-notch recruiting class for 2022. Uh, but yeah, it is different for sure, and uh, I am looking forward to the day I can actually go sit in someone's living room and have an in-house visit with them and their family. Well, going forward, though, budgets are always going to be something front and center. Not like they weren't before, but even more so now, and you know that. And we'll get into a fundraising thing. It's the reason why I called you. But, you know, going forward, you know, you may be able to do more of this by Zoom, which would cut down on expenses. <laughs> and also help you with the being able to talk to more people. Absolutely. Yeah, no, there's definitely uh, ways that we can learn from what we did here, especially budget-wise and cost-wise. And, uh, again, recruiting didn't cost us much this year compared to a normal year. Um, there are ways that we can uh, still sell our program, still convince players to either send uh, to come to Regina or send their kid to Regina or stay at home, whatever the case may be. So, uh, I know we've got we picked up some strategies this past year. It's almost been a year now, uh, which is crazy yeah, in itself. It's crazy. But it's uh, we've we've learned a ton, and again, it's just I'm just looking at it as a as a learning opportunity. How, how are you feeling in your mind about uh, playing this fall? You talk about okay, we're ramping up maybe to ten, then who knows? Like, how do you feel about playing this fall? Do you f- have a good feeling, or it's still uncertainty for you? I do. I do have a good feeling. Uh, we've had a, a few Can West head coaches meeting. We had a U Sports head coaches meeting last week, uh, and everyone's pretty optimistic about next fall. Um, are we playing U S May first this spring? I don't know. I I, I, I think that's pretty unlikely. Um, but I know our athletic director and ADs across U Sports uh, that have football programs. They're working hard to to deliver us the schedule. Now, what does that look like? I'm not sure. Obviously, we want the normal eight game season schedule where we play everyone. Uh, travel everywhere, but that might not be the case. Maybe it's a five game where we play everyone once. It could be a four game where they break Canada West into East and a West region, and then we cross over for a playoff. So there's lots of possibilities being put out there right now, which is great. So we have lots of options to uh, to pick from. Um, again, everyone wants the first option, the top option. 
Um, but at the end of the day, we all we all want what's best for the sport, and we just want to play football uh, for the kids, for the coaches, for everyone. Yeah, so I'm I, hoping we can get there. And I'm thinking you got your fingers crossed too for the CFL because that that uh, Rams 50-50 is a big deal for this football team, and you need to have a you need to have a rough rider season. We need a CFL season because you know what goes downhill, right? It all flows downhill. Exactly. Yeah, fingers crossed for the CFL, and I know they're working hard at trying to. Uh, get some sort of season, whether it's a start with no fans, and then as we get into October, if the vaccine's rolled out as much as it needs to get rolled out, then we can start having some fans in there. Um, again, we're brainstorming, uh, mm-hmm. doing some financial stuff as well, maybe having an online 50-50 during the games. And there's things, there's avenues that we're kind of looking down right now to well, that's keep this I, program afloat. That's what I was going to say, Mark. Like, you look at all the, the world juniors in Edmonton and what the Oilers do with their 50-50 online. It's great to – I've had in the past people give me money. Hey, you're on the sidelines. Can you buy me a 50-50? The Bomber-Rider game is going to be huge. But think about having a huge lottery like that all the time. Some way you can uh, get cut into an online 50-50 for every game. Yeah, that'd be great. And that's kind of the avenue our uh, board board's looking at. Again, our board does – so much great volunteer work for this program. And without the board, we don't have a program. And they're looking at doing online 50-50. So if the riders are in Edmonton, there can still be a rider 50-50. So that actually might double the amount of 50-50s we do have when we do eventually get back to normal. So there are some cool new things that we're learning from this, and hopefully it's going to make our program that much better uh, after this pandemic. Okay, Mark, the reason I called, you got the virtual (laughs) president's breakfast. We might as well stay with the virtual Zoom theme. Just tell us about it. Absolutely. So it's something that we do every fall, usually in person. We bring in a speaker, and uh, it's just a big fundraiser for all university teams. So what we're doing this year is it's a virtual uh, breakfast. There is no breakfast, unfortunately, but it, you get to listen to Mark McMorris, uh, Brian Burke, and Kevin Bieksa. Uh, we've got three great guest speakers coming in. So you sign up. It's $75 a ticket, and then it's about an hour and a bit, and you can just sit with people in your office or whatever it may be, and you get to – Zoom link emailed out to you, and you're able to watch it um, at March 23rd at 10 a.m. Awesome, yeah, and, and it gets divvied up. The proceeds get divvied up, uh, divvied up amongst all the teams, so obviously every dollar counts. So if they want more details, Mark, how do they go about doing this? Just go to ReginaRams.com. It pops up as you enter the site, then you can click on there for more details. So you said BXA, Burke, and who's the other one? Mark McMorris. Mark McMorris. How can I forget Mark McMorris? I tell you what, too, Berkey's still going to do it there. Now, will his tie be tied or untied now that he's running the show in Pittsburgh? Yeah, I'm not sure. I know when we uh, when he agreed to this, this was before he got that job, and then once I saw he's signed on with the Penguins, I was a little worried, but I was hoping maybe we could get Sidney Crosby in there, too, with him now, so we'll see. <laughs> Shoehorn him in. Why not? Anyway, Mark, thanks for this. Best of luck. I hope to see you on the field in the spring and fall, okay? Appreciate it. Thanks, Paulie. Well, feds in Cincinnati seized $2.82 million worth of cocaine-coated cornflakes. They've already put a stop to this new cereal. Kellogg's and a drug cartel from South America bring you the newest breakfast cereal. It's cocaine-coated cornflakes. Nothing gets you going in the morning like a big bowl of white powder-coated cornflakes. Sure, they're loaded with sugar, but they're also sprinkled with nose candy, snow, dust, flakes, speedball, cocaine-coated cornflakes. They're great! Now, say hello to my little friend. Get yours today from Customs and Border Protection as part of this complete drug bust.
Time now for the Where Are They Now segment brought to you by Double Z Ag Sales in Wayburn. In the spotlight today, I talk with Chicago Bears quality control coach on the offensive side of the ball. That would be Henry Burris, the former Ryder quarterback. Now, that's quite the handle, Hank. Tell us about that job. What, what does that entail? Well, I mean, first of all, I mean, I'm super excited, I mean, to be doing something that, that I knew at one part, part in my life I, you know, had that inspiration and passion to be a part of, and I'm just thankful for, you know, Ryan Pace, the general manager here, and, and head coach Matt Nagy for believing in me and bringing me back, you know, to, to make, you know, make me a full-time employee and a part of this coaching staff on a full-time basis. But, you know, honestly, like I said, last year I, I made the trip down as part of the Bill Walsh internship program to see if this was something that was in my future and something I could see myself doing and also something that, you know, that my wife, Nicole, and the boys would, you know, want to see their dad being a part of and, you know, be happy with, you know, kind of the small bit or limited time that we'd be able to spend together. And we were all on the same page, you know, as far as let's make it happen and, you know, being able to help the coaches prepare on a weekly and a daily basis, you know, whether it's for practice or like right now we're just going over different schemes and things like that and looking forward to the draft and free agency. But just to be able to help support and to learn the step-by-step process as far as what it takes on a daily basis as far as to manage what takes place. You know, I'm, I'm learning from the ground up. I couldn't, you know, I wouldn't see it any other way. I'm uh, learning through the process. And, uh, man, it's been one heck of a time, and I'm thankful to be here. Is this faster than you thought, Henry, because you were entrenched that you talked talked about loving Canada, wanted to be a Canadian citizen for the rest of your life. I know we had talked about maybe you grooming future generation quarterbacks at the grassroots level, but you were, you know, you, you had a TV job. Everybody loves Henry in Canada. Like this seat to me on the outside, it seemed like this came out of the blue. I mean, it's one of those things, it seems like things happen for a reason, because, I mean, who'd ever expected, uh, you know, everything to happen with COVID like it did in 2020, and and it was something, because following the 2019 uh, the Grey Cup, uh, you know, I, I received a you know call from a couple of different guys that I knew down south here from a couple of different teams, and and uh, but when I received that call from Matt Nagy, there was no way I could say no. I mean, for an opportunity to be a heck to be a coach and to, and to receive a, a call from you know one of the top head coaches in the NFL, a guy who was just the 2018 Coach of the Year in this league. I mean, to receive that call for me, it, it blew my mind. And uh, you know, when I told my wife, she was ecstatic as well. And he was also a guy I actually saw him play when he was in high school, Matt Nagy. That is, so you know, I was pretty, uh, you know, I mean. I was caught off guard, but, you know, I was pretty excited about the opportunity and and to see how things worked out the way they did. I mean, this is kind of one of those you put on that that platform where you say it's a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And, and yeah, you know, if any way I can still continue to work with kids back home, especially in Canada, I still call it home, and it's a place I'll continue to to be entrenched in as far as helping out future generations. Uh, But right now, when you get an opportunity like this, I mean, you've got to go all in because if this this thing's worked out, I mean, just imagine – the type of resources I can help install and bring to back to Canada. I mean, that's kind of one of the visions that I have as far as seeing this thing through. Henry Burris joining us here on the Western Pizza Hotline, former CFL great. You know him, smiling Hank from his rider days. Kind of going full circle for you, buddy. You you go down to Chicago and Green Bay with a couple of short stints as a quarterback. So it's uh, you know, you get the you get to try both sides as a player now and as a coach in Chicago. And that's one of the sweet things about being here, you know, just when you know when you hear the media talking, you know, just about myself that is and you know how things maybe didn't work out when I was here as a young young player, but to see just how things ascended for me uh, from that point on, you know, and I think 
more notably, when I speak to people all the time, I talk about being resilient and, and taking the good with the bad, but also learning from the, the things that happened that didn't go the way you had planned. And, and you know, I stayed resilient. I continued to fight on, and I continued to see the light at the end of the tunnel as far as that bright light of reaching the success that I thought I could, and, and hopefully that hard work would pay off and being humble and staying a good person. And, and I'm thankful that it did, and now this is an opportunity for me to be able to share that same sentiment with up-and-coming young players, not only in the U.S., but also, you know, all over North America. And so that's kind of been one of my passions all the time. And now to be able to do it with this type of platform, with the NFL, but more notably to have the McCaskey family and the Chicago Bear organization uh, behind me, to be able to use that as a platform to get that word out there and help inspire more kids. I mean, that's what it's all about. And, I mean, you can't get no better than this right now. And, you know, it's just unfortunate that this is the only game of football being played right now. And it's unfortunate that the CFL isn't playing and, and, and us having that same opportunity to continue what we started as far as uh, up north. Yeah, I want to talk about that in a second, Henry. Let me ask you, Mitch Trubisky, your thoughts on working with that guy because he was drafted high and, uh, you know, had a little early success, but it hasn't been spectacular here the last little while, although I think the end of this season he kind of redeemed himself a little bit. Just your thoughts on Mitch Trubisky there. Well, I mean, he's a guy with a lot of upside, a lot of talent. I mean, you know, athletic ability. And, you know, the, the kid only played 13 games in college. And, and, I mean, when you look at kind of his resume and his journey, I mean, there's some rookie quarterbacks like Joe Burrow and even guys like Lamar Jackson who are younger than him that probably have more snaps, actually, than Mitch Trubisky. So it shows you still how green and young he is. And, and whoever gets an opportunity to work with a young guy like that, they're going to get a great guy in the locker room, a leader on the field, and a guy who I feel can continue to, to work in that right direction and become a very good quarterback in this league. I mean, it's just unfortunate that sometimes things don't happen happen the way you want to in certain places. I've been through that. A number of guys have been through that. And for him, it's not the end. You'll hear more about Mitch Trubisky. And, you know, as long as he continues to keep his eye on the prize and learn from the things that didn't go as well, uh, you know, I feel he has an opportunity to still have a good career. Hey, Hank, it's a win-now business, isn't it? You talked about your coach, uh, Matt Nagy, being coach of the year in 2018. And then it seems like you, you lose a few games and everybody calls him dumb and want to run him out of town. Just your thoughts on, <laughs> has that been an eye-opener for you? Because I'll tell you what, fans, they love you when you're winning but when you lose they could turn on you like that oh i learned that in regina first <laughs> first first hand in regina <laughs> i mean especially as a quarterback you're more either more loved than the premier or more hated than the premier in saskatchewan and and the same thing goes for here in chicago but the thing i, I always say is that, that matt Nagy he didn't he didn't he didn't flinch i mean you know he's a guy who played the quarterback position and he plays like a tiger he reminds me of a jeff garcia honestly because the guy is fiery, he, he, he's no nonsense, and, you know, he's transparent. He, he says exactly what's on his mind, and, and, I mean, that's the way you have to be when you're coaching grown men. And, and again, yeah, this team definitely had a slip-up with six games, but, again, there was a lot of injuries to some key players, including Mitch Trubisky, and you tried to, to in, you know, get guys like Nick Foles and a number of guys involved. But that's a different element as far as to what, how this team was built because this team was built for Mitch Trubisky, especially with a movement offense, you know, a lot of nakeds getting him outside the pocket, using his athletic ability, you know, that's just something that just, just didn't fit Nick Foles' strong suit, but the thing is, Nick Foles probably
probably would have had success as this team evolved, too, because the offensive line got healthy down the stretch, and once we got into that Houston game, or really the, the Detroit game, uh, the second Detroit game back here, even though we lost, you start to see this offense turn around. That's because guys were getting healthy. And so now, you know, there's a, I think there's a bright future as far as what's in store here. And I think uh, Coach Nagy and, and Ryan Pace did a great job of putting this team in a position to where, yeah, we made the playoffs, which is ultimately what you want to achieve. But now with the youth we have coming back and all the returning starters, we're in a position to where we can make a great run next year, and that's what has everybody truly excited as far as going through this offseason to make sure we're ready to go when the, when the players start to report whenever that's going to be, you know, based on all the COVID protocols that will be passed. I think it's neat, Henry. A couple more quick questions for you. I know you're a busy guy, but uh, it's, it's neat. We got the Regina connection with you and the Regina connection with Akeem Hicks, former Regina Ram on the D-line, <laughs> who is, uh, I'll tell you what, your thoughts on him because he's a beast. Well, it's funny because we always talk about, uh, you know, certain places that, that he used to hang out when he was there in school. And, yeah. and uh, you know, I talked to him about uh, places around the town where you could go and have a nice drink and hang out. And we just enjoyed some great laughs. And, and it was funny how I knew about him when he was playing university ball there in Regina. And, of course, he knew about me as well. So, you know, whenever I see him, I call him the legend. And he always calls me the great. And uh, <laughs> and uh, so, you know, it, it's something that, you know, the relationship that we had and have and, and, and that that we're even building today, but the guy is, I mean, he's been truly remarkable to see just kind of how his journey has evolved from California to Saskatchewan and down to New Orleans and to see the success that he's having right now. So it goes to show you that success has no name, it has no shape, size, or color. It's all about putting in the hard work and never taking your eye off that vision, never taking your eye off the prize. And really, hard work never goes unseen, and guys like him are truly a reflection of that. Hank, you uh, you definitely enjoyed your time here in the CFL, but anybody I talk to in the CFL says this is a this is a more relaxed league. It's a little bit it's a little bit more fun to play in the CFL. It's more business in the NFL. I think as I talk to you right now, you texted me this morning at 4:45 in the morning, and by the sounds of it, you're just driving home. So it's been a long day. There's no off season down there, is it? No off-season at all. Actually, I, I was just getting up to get ready to head in. And uh, I always try to get up, get in super early, get a workout in, and then get things ready to rock and roll. So it shows you, after this past year experience, I'm now evolving into that coaching life where you're up when the, before the wolves are howling and before the sun's even up. And uh, Especially in a city like Chicago with the traffic, you got to be up super early. But, hey, the CFL, maybe from some people's point of view, might be no-nonsense. But trust me, as a player, from a player's perspective, you're working hard every day for the coaches because again if you don't win you don't eat and you don't have a job and the same thing uh, takes place up north as it does down here it's just the stadiums are bigger and the the dollars are a lot larger as well so really that's the only difference but the intensity definitely is on both sides when you speak of both leagues. I'm glad you're saying that last question for you Henry Uh, are you concerned about the CFL's future? Yeah, I'm very concerned. I mean, you know, I, I want to see the guys back up there playing, uh, but, you know, just unfortunately with the, uh, you know, the, I mean, all, all the signings are great. I mean, that's all honky-dory, but until you – it's all about health and safety now. And until you see talk about health protocol and the ways that they're going to go about protecting the players both on a daily basis, you know, how's the quarantining going to start? Are they going to get guys up there 14 days in advance? You know, until you start hearing talk about that, I mean, I just can't take it serious right now, and it's unfortunate because, you know, the, the CFL is an outstanding league. Uh, I mean, you got to understand, there's tens of thousands of 
of players out there waiting for an opportunity to play in the CFL. I mean, guy, when I walked into this locker room, so many guys have talked about how much they love watching the CFL, and if the CFL paid, played, paid more money, a lot of guys would love to play in the Canadian game before the American game. It's just how it is. The Canadian game is outstanding. And look how many guys are Canadians that played the Canadian game that are even on this team. I mean, you got you got James Vaughters, you got Trey Roberson, both Calgary, former Calgary Stampeders, and you got Brent Urban, who's from Toronto. And so, I mean, you got you got so much of a presence that even on this one team, myself and the number of guys who played in the CFL that are down here, it just goes to show you that, that that's such a great league, and it's, it'd be a shame if it didn't make it. And, and honestly, I, and I've had people tell me this, that if the league doesn't play this year, it's going to be a totally different league the next time they do step on those fields up there. Yeah, well, we were glad to see you, Henry. Hopefully this league continues, and we're really looking forward to the next chapter in your career. Thanks for this, Hank. A safe trip home and uh, continued success, buddy. Hey, I appreciate it, Ballsy. Always great to talk to you, brother. This has been Growing the Game with Ballsy. If you have a football story you'd like to share to help us grow the game, email Michael Ball at mball at harvardbroadcasting.com. Ballsy can be heard weekdays in Regina on 104.9 The Wolf Morning Show and during Saskatchewan Rough Riders and U of R Rams broadcasts on 620 CKRM.